Hey, hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Everybody doing well? Excellent. Uh, if you've been with us the past couple of weeks, you know that we have been looking at the book of Genesis. Uh, three weeks ago, we looked at, or two weeks ago, we looked at, three weeks ago, we looked at Genesis 1 and the creation story. Two weeks ago, we looked at um, the fall. We looked at Adam and Eve and their decision to, uh, to follow the deceptions of the serpent. Um, wait a minute. That was last week. Two weeks ago was the creation. Last week was the fall. This week, we're not going to be in the book of Genesis. However, in two weeks, we will be back in the book of Genesis talking about Noah and the flood and all that kind of good stuff but not today and not next week. Today, I want to talk with you a few minutes about something, about a struggle that I believe, if we're not careful, we all all could find ourselves falling into this, this trap. Before we get there, let me tell you about a girl I read about this week. Her name is Jill Price. Jill suffers from hyperthymestic syndrome. Does anybody know what that is? Sweet. So now I can tell you anything, and you won't know if I'm telling you the truth or not. Yes. Here's what hyperthymestic syndrome is. Jill Price can tell you anything that happened on any day of her life. She can tell you where she was at, what she ate for lunch, what the weather was that day, because hyperthymestic syndrome causes you to remember everything all the time. Everything all the time. Now, I got to be honest, I have a really good memory, like a really good memory. I can remember a lot, like I've got. I could go on Jeopardy, and if they ask, like, useless trivia questions, like things about the NBA that nobody cares about, I could spout them off, right? If they ask about Ric Flair trivia questions, I got them, like I got it down. Those things that nobody cares about, like where are peanut butters from, or, or what year was, um, um, uh, gosh, uh, windshield wiper fluid, uh, created. I can tell you, 1927. Um, so, like, I could just, I just, I got, I remember stuff. However, I don't remember everything all the time like Jill does here. Most of us have a selective memory, right? We remember what we want to remember. We commit to memory what makes an impact on us and what we choose um, to commit to memory. Studies suggest that 3% of life events are highly memorable. So over the average year, approximately 17 experiences will make it into your long-term memory throughout the year. Let's go back a couple of weeks. We're a couple of weeks into 2021. We just got out of year 2020. Can you remember 17 events that happened in 2020? Chances are you can remember 27 events that happened in 2020 because that was such a different year. It was such a big year. A lot of stuff went on that we committed to our memory. Uh, Jill says this about her syndrome. She says this, imagine being able to remember every fight you've had with a friend, 
Every time someone let you down, all the stupid mistakes you've, ne- you've ever made, the meanest, most harmful things that anyone has ever said to you or the things that you have said to other people. Then imagine not being able to get rid of those thoughts forever, no matter what you do. And then Jill finished up her thought with this. I am a prisoner to my own memory. Because she remembers everything. All the good, all the bad, Jill remembers everything. I believe today there are people sitting in churches all across our country and all across our world who are prisoners to their mind. I believe today that we're all prisoners to our mind. Here's what I mean. Where the mind leads, the life follows, right? Whatever is up here comes out here. If you have positive up here, positive comes out here. If you have negative here, negative comes out here. We're all prisoners to our mind. But unlike Jill, Jill is a prisoner to everything that she has ever seen, heard, done, or said in her past. The problem comes in, and I believe today all across our world there are people sitting in church, and maybe you're here this morning, where you are a prisoner to your past. You may be sitting where you're at this morning and say, man, listen, I know like God loves me and I know that God's forgiven me a lot and God, God's with me, but I just can't get over what I said last summer. Or I can't get over where I went last summer. Can you believe what I did? I can't believe what I did. I cannot believe that I made this mistake. Or if only I would have said this. If only I would have went here. If only I wouldn't have done this. What happens lots of times, we have these past mistakes, we have these past feelings, we have these past sins in our life, and God has forgiven us from them, and we accept God's forgiveness from our past, but we can't get over it ourselves. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been to a spot? We have somebody raising their hand because you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever been in a place where you've accepted God's love and you've accepted God's forgiveness, but you can't get past it yourself? That is the word, that is a feeling, that is an emotion that we like to call regret, that we like to call regret. I regret ever going here. I regret ever talking to that person. I regret saying this. I regret not saying that. I know my life has kind of moved on, but in my mind, it's still there. We still think about it. Lots of times when we do that, we like to brand ourselves. Um, We kind of move past it for the most part, but that regret still sticks in our mind, so we do like the old scarlet letter deal. You know the scarlet letter book? You got this lady that was caught in adultery, and they scarlet letter to put an A on her shirt so everybody would know. We like to do that to ourselves lots of times. We like to put an A on our shirt for addict. Like, I used to be a drug addict, or I used to be an alcoholic, and I know God's forgiven me, but man, I just can't get over where I've been. Or we maybe put like a big D on our shirt for divorce. Like, I know God loves me, and I know God's forgiven me, and God's changed my life, but I just can't get over that relationship that didn't work out. What happens is if we don't handle these feelings and those emotions of regret in the right way, if we don't handle them in the correct way, those things will come back into your life over and over and over again. Am I right 
or am I right? You cannot today start a new healthy relationship if you are living with regret from a past relationship. You cannot do it. You cannot start anything new if there's still regret in your past because that regret will come back into your present time and time again until it is handled the right way. Now, let me tell you this. We all have mess in our life. Amen? We all have junk in our life. Yesterday, Callie and I took on the task of cleaning out our third bedroom in our house for our baby that's going to be here in three months. Y'all, in three months, that baby's going to be here. Just seems like the other day, I was telling you guys, Kelly was pregnant. And now in three months, we're going to bring that baby home. And we just started cleaning out this third bedroom today, or yesterday. And so we worked for a couple hours getting stuff out of the way. The problem is we only have three bedrooms in our house. Does anybody have like a junk room or is it just us? Does everybody have a junk room? Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, we did. We had a junk room up until yesterday. Now, here's the problem. We took all that junk out of the junk room, and we were going to put it in the basement. The problem with putting it in our basement is that Callie's sister got married back in October. They are, her and her husband are currently building a house. They have nowhere to put their junk. So their junk room has now become my basement. Um, and so now we have to clean out our junk room for the baby. Abby's stuff is junk is in our basement, and we find ourselves with no junk room in our house. All that matters is we put it somewhere. Callie, I, listen, I worked for about two hours helping Callie move some of the big stuff, move it around. Then Callie's mom and sister come over, and they finished up. They did some more stuff. When I got back home last night, I didn't ask where the stuff was. I don't care where the stuff is. All I know is it's not in the junk room anymore because that's not a junk room. That's going to be the baby's room. What's the baby's name, TJ? Nikki. My man just passed out. Sweet. Huh? Vlad? Nikki or Vlad? All right. I like it. Um, so yesterday we were working cleaning out this, this junk room, and we did our two hours worth, and then I was coming over here to finish some stuff over at the office. Callie's mom and sister were coming over to help complete the job or finish as much as they could. So as I was getting ready to leave, I told Callie, I said, your mom and sister are coming over? She said, yeah. I said, don't let them go in our bedroom. She said, why not? I said, we got junk in there. She said, they're coming over to help us with the junk room. I said, yeah, but that's the junk we want them to see. Our bedroom is the junk we don't want them to see. Right? Don't act like you don't do it too. As soon as I said those words, I turned around and was walking towards the car. The Lord spoke to me as clear as everything. And he said this. He said, everybody's got junk that they don't care if people see. And everybody's got junk that they're trying to make sure nobody sees. My life is no different than your life. If I had to guess this morning, there's stuff in your life that happened years ago to you, whether it happened to you or you did it on your own, but you want to hide it so that no one knows about it. You want to keep it secret so that no one finds out. You don't, want, you don't mind people knowing some of your junk, but man, when it comes to that junk, that's the junk we don't want anybody to see. We don't mind them seeing this junk, but not this junk. 
And I believe it's that junk that we try to compress and we try to hide and we try to make sure nobody finds out. That's the junk that I believe, if we're being honest, where you find your regret, where you find your if-onlys, where you find your I wish I could go back and do this again, where you find the things that you just can't let go of. And that's one reason why you don't want anybody to know that you're still holding on to it because it's been 25 years and you still have those same feelings and emotions over and over again because you haven't handled it the right way. Everybody's got a mess. Everybody's got mess that you're hiding, that you don't want anybody to know about. And that is what we are going to talk about this morning. We're going to look at two people in the scriptures, two people in the New Testament who had regrets, who made a decision and they immediately regretted what they did. Those two people are Judas and Peter. Let me set the scene and tell you what's happening here. All this takes place right before and right after Jesus' crucifixion. So at the Last Supper, Jesus was with the boys. They were having the Last Supper. Jesus tells the guys that one of you will betray me. Um, so Judas is like, how did he find out? How does he know this? So the Bible says Judas got up and left the meeting, um, and Jesus went on to tell his disciples. He said, all of you will end up leaving me. All of you will run away from me. And then, of course, Peter speaks up, and he says, no, you don't understand, Jesus. Like, these other jokers, they may leave. These other disciples, that Thomas joker, he may head out, not me. I'm with you, Jesus. I'm with you no matter what. He even goes on to say, even if it costs me my life, I will follow you. And, of course, Jesus replies to him and tells him that before the rooster crows, Tonight, you will deny me three times. After that, the, Jesus and his boys got up and went to the Mount of Olives to pray. Jesus went a little further into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and that's where he was praying, and uh, he was sweating droplets of blood. At that time is when Judas leads in, the soldiers, Judas, Judas leads in his team, and he comes up to Jesus, kisses Jesus on the cheek, and that is the sign that you need to arrest him. He's the one that we're after and, of course, Peter pulls out his sword. By the way, is it legal to carry a sword today? I don't want to know. I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> Chelsea, is that legal? To carry one on my side? Walmart. Is that considered a weapon? No, I'm talking about five-foot. Statutes, patutes. Gosh. Peter pulls out a sword, cuts off one of the officer's ears. Jesus does one of these great miracles that I believe don't get enough attention. He picks up the piece of the ear and puts it back on the officer's uh, head. Of course, Jesus gets arrested after that. All the disciples flee except Peter and John. Peter and John are the only two disciples we see around the crucifixion picture. Um, however, the Bible does say, and we're going to look at this in a second, that they follow, that Peter is following at a distance. After that, Jesus goes through six different trials. He is then condemned, and, um, and he is beaten, and he is crucified. Let's look at Matthew chapter 27. After Jesus goes through the trials, and after Jesus is convicted, we see here in Matthew 27, verse 3, we read about Judas. It says this, When Judas, who betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse. 
and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money in the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. Do you see the regret in Judas's life? Judas realized he made a mistake. Judas realized this was a bad deal for me. Judas realized I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have traded Jesus. I shouldn't have sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He even tried to go back and try to make it right by paying the money back to the guards. And they said, that's your business. That's your stuff, not mine. We got what we wanted. And so Judas left there and ended up killing himself. I believe today that if we don't handle regret in the right way, if we don't handle regret in the, white, white, in the right way, it can do two things to us. One, it can kill us on the inside, and it can kill us on the outside. I hope today that there's no one here listening to my voice that is caught up in such regret of your past where you're thinking about or you have thought about only way out of this is to die. The only way that this can get better is if, if I die. Unless you handle regret in the right way, the correct way, the godly way, holding on to that past, holding on to those mistakes, holding on to that regret and those feelings and emotions could lead you to a point where it not only kills you on the inside, but it could take your life. If there's someone in your life this morning that you know struggles with the feeling and the emotion of regret, struggles with their past, struggles of getting past their past, can I challenge you, and if that's you this morning, can I encourage you that God's love is greater than your past, that no matter where you have been, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have said, no matter what you're holding on to in the past, there is hope with Jesus. Death is not the answer. Jesus is the answer. For Judas, he thought there was no other way. There's no other way I can get past this. He tried to fix it on his own. He tried to pay the money back. He tried to do what he thought was right, like we do lots of times. We try our best to get over what we've done. We try our best to get past our past. We try to forget about it. We try to distract ourselves from it. We try to push it to the side. We try everything we can do to go back and make up for what we have done that's not the correct way to handle it. Even doing that will lead to you dying on the inside and could lead to dying on the outside. But I want you to know this morning that God is greater. Did you hear what I said? God is greater than your past mistakes. God is greater than your past sins. Judas never experienced God's greatness because his regret took his life. I pray this morning that that doesn't happen to you, that doesn't happen to me, doesn't happen to anyone in your life, but I also know that if we don't handle it 
we don't take care of it the right way, there's a possibility that our past could come up and take us out today. The second person we're going to look at this morning and their regret is Peter. Peter is found in Luke chapter 22. This was after Jesus was arrested and after he was, went through those six trials. Luke 22, verse 54 says this, Then seizing him, him being Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had, had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there uh, by the fire, and she looked at him closely and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. He said, Woman, I don't know him. Verse 58, A little later, someone else saw him and said, You are also one of them. Peter replied, No, I am not one of them. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow is with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Look at this next verse. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed, right? Just like Jesus said at the Last Supper. Then look at this next verse, verse 61. Then the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Wow. That would be the best scene in the history of movies. Get the picture. Jesus was arrested. Jesus was tried. Peter was following at a distance. He was close by. He knew what was happening. He knew Jesus was being tried. He knew Jesus was being convicted. He denied him three times. He heard the rooster crow. And at that time, Jesus happened to look at Peter. And Peter locked eyes with Jesus. Oh, can you imagine? Woo! Keep reading. Keep reading. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. He went outside and wept bitterly. Can you imagine the regret? that Peter had at that instance, that his eyes locked in with Jesus. Oh, it is unbelievable. At that very moment, Peter knew that was a mistake. He knew he had messed up. He knew he had done wrong. Peter knew right then that he messed up. Now, what you, we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, what you don't see at this, in this uh, section of scripture is that after this Peter went back to his hometown went back to started fishing again with his people because that's what he knew here's what regret has the tendency to do to us if we don't handle it the correct way we think that we can push it away or we can push it down or we can forget about it and move on and we think our lives move forward but what happens is until you handle your regret your lives cannot move forward because of what is going on in your past Peter went back to what he always knew. Peter went back to fishing. Peter went back to his old life before he met Jesus. Regret has the ability to, when you think you're moving forward, to push you back unless you have handled it the correct 
way. We see that lots of times in our life. We see it if we have regret in a past relationship. We think we're moving forward into a new relationship, but what happens? That regret comes back up. Those feelings and those emotions come back into our present day life, and it pushes us back to our old life. Regret, you cannot move forward with regret because it continues to push you back. Peter, at this very moment, realized, oh, I messed up. I did it. And the only thing he knew to do was to go back to his old life. The only thing he knew to do was to go back to his old life. I believe today there are a couple things that we try to do to handle regret. Number one is we try to distract ourselves from it. We try to work ourselves through it. I am a, um, I'm a get over it type person. Is anybody else a get over it type person? When something goes down, you just get over it, right? You just suck it up and move on. I am, I'm a get over it type person. Um, we have a situation in our family right now, as a matter of fact, where I have given the advice, move on, <laughs> right? Just get over it. Forget about it. Don't think about it. Move on. And for the most of the time, I think that's pretty good advice. However, when you come to talking about your past, you have to handle it. There's no way we can distract ourselves from it. You will not be able to work hard enough to get past your past. You can't play hard enough to get past your past. You can't spend your way, buy your way out of your past. We try to distract ourselves from it. Number two is we try to escape it. Have you ever been there? You just try not to think about it. We try to run away from it. Maybe we try to take some pills so we won't think about it. Or we try to drink some drinks so we won't think about it. Or we try to smoke some smoke so we won't think about it. And all that makes us feel good for that evening. But guess what? When you wake up the next morning, you know as well as I do, that junk is still there. That same mess that you don't want anybody else to see is still there. That smoke and that drink and those pills, they make you feel really good for that night. But the next morning, it's all still the same. You cannot escape your past. It cannot be done. But I got good news for you today. got good news for you today. When regret is handled the biblical way, you can leave it in the past so that it does not come up into your present. So how do you handle regret in the biblical way? Well, if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. We'll be there in about three minutes, and then we'll be done in about six minutes. Number one, how do you handle regrets? You accept God's grace. We spoke earlier, God's grace is greater than our past. 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no what? What? Say it loud. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings what? Death. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no 
grit. How do you get past your past? You cannot get past your past. Thanks for coming. I'm glad you're here. You can't do it. We're done. You're dismissed. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not kidding about you can't do it. You guys, most of you have heard Charles preach for years. The only way you can forgive the people around you is by God's power, giving you the power to forgive the people around you, by God changing your heart, by God doing a work in your life so that you can forgive through the power of God because it's not in you to forgive. It's in us to get revenge, and it's in us to hold on, and it's in us to have anger. It's only through God in us. It's only through God's power can we forgive the people that have done us wrong. Well, my friends, the same is true when we're talking about regret. You can't do it, but God can. You can't get past your past. You can't move on from that regret, but with God's power, you can. The word says that godly sorrow leads to repentance with no regret. The way this works is like this. When you mess up, If you're a believer today and you mess up, and if you haven't, you will, I promise. When you mess up and you have that feeling in your heart, the Bible says it's the Holy Spirit convicting your heart, convicting your life, telling you, whoa, sons of God aren't supposed to act like that. Daughters of of God don't say those things. That's the Spirit's conviction in your life. When that happens, God's not convicting you. The Holy Spirit's not convicting you to make you feel bad, to make you feel guilty, to make you feel ashamed of what you have done, to punish you for what you have done. Godly sorrow brings what? Godly sorrow brings repentance. What is repentance? Repentance is making your right your life right with the Lord. It's forgiveness of what your mistake. It's forgiveness of that sin. It's forgiveness of that past. It's forgiveness of that regret. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, it's done out of love. It's done because the Father loves us, and he does it so that you can heal from that past, so that you can heal from that mistake, so that you can heal from that regret. It's not done so that you can feel bad and never get past it. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leaves no regret worldly sorrow when we try to do it ourselves brings what death godly sorrow brings repentance accept God's grace for you number two once God has forgiven you forgive yourself forgive yourself Why is that number two and not number one? Because you can't forgive yourself until God has forgiven you first. The same way you need God's power to forgive other people, the same way you need God's power to forget past your past, you need God's power to forgive yourself. For some reason, we like to think that it makes us look better, that it makes us look more holy, it makes us look more righteous when we hold ourselves to a higher standard than what God holds us to. If God has forgiven you, there's no reason that you can't forgive you. Right? Are your standards higher than his? Is your forgiveness worth more than his? 
God has forgiven you. God has poured out his grace and his love and his forgiveness to you. You forgive yourself. You pray with all of your heart, God, give me the power. Help me to forgive myself. Help me to move on. Help me to get past this hurt. Help me to get past this mistake. Help me to get past this regret. Accept God's grace. Forgive yourself. And number three, use your past. Use your past. We see, I mentioned earlier, we see in the end of the Gospel of John, we see Peter again. This is after Jesus' resurrection. Uh, he comes to, to see Peter. And look at what he says. John, uh, John chapter 21, verse 15 says this. When they had finished fishing... Remember, Peter went back to his old life, went back to fishing, went back to his friends and started fishing. John 22, 21, verse 15. When they had finished, fish, finished fishing, Jesus said to Simon, uh, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. We see Peter denied Jesus three times. When Jesus was resurrected, he came back and found Peter in his old life. He went back to the pond, went back to fishing, went back to the boats. Jesus went to him. And said, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter also professed his love for Jesus three times. Each time, Jesus told him to feed my sheep, take care of my people. I believe today that only with God's help, can we take our mess, that mess that we don't want anybody to see, that junk, our junk room in our house, those things in our life and our past that we try to press down and we try to escape and we try to distract ourselves from? I believe only with God's help can God take those things and use them to help the people around you today. Jesus Christ himself took Peter's denial, took Peter's three times denying him and only through Jesus could Peter use that and we see what happens in Acts chapter 2 with Peter preaching the, the best church service that ever happened with thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming to know the Lord. I believe that that would not have happened if not been for this very moment and Peter was able through God's help to take his past to help the people around him and I believe God can do the same for you and I. That junk that you don't want anybody to know about Accept God's grace, forgive yourself, and then take that junk and use it to help your sons and your daughters. Use it to help your friends. Use it to help your coworkers. Use it to help your neighbors. Leverage that bad past into a good future. Flip that bad past into a good future. God can take your worst of your worst and use it to help the people around you today. 
How do you handle regret? Accept God's grace, forgive yourselves, and then flip it. Use that regret to bless the people around you. Amen? Let's stand together. Our quartet, come on up. Let's pray as they come. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your word says that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. God, I believe it's important for us to know today that even in the midst of some great troubles, that even in the midst of some hard times, God, your word says that you are always with us us. So God, I pray today for those of us that are here this morning, and maybe family members that we may know or friends we may know that are hurting, that are struggling with the feeling and the emotion of regret. God, I pray today that you would speak to our hearts and you would speak to our minds and let us know that it's okay that you are more than enough for our past. You are more than enough for past sins, for present sins, and for the way we will mess up tomorrow. God, I pray for those of us that are here this morning that are struggling with our past, struggling with regret, struggling moving on, struggling getting through it, struggling how to handle those past mistakes and that regret. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and speak to our minds, and God, lead us to repentance. God, lead us to a life with no regret, which is only found through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ today. And God, I pray that you would give us power to forgive ourselves. God, give us power to forgive ourselves. God, give us power to forgive ourselves. And then God, I pray that you will use our mistakes, you will use our past to help teach and show and to help the people around us today. God, I believe that you have greater days ahead of us as individuals. I believe you have greater days ahead of us as a whole, as a universal church, as believers and disciples and followers of you. But God, I pray that we would be able to get past the past to step into what you want for us in the future. God, we love you. Thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for what you have done for us. God, we love you so much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.